0: The TNT shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. The choice is between normal, Natalie
1: Cheel, or crazy.
0: Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio,
1: TNT. Okay, Natalie, not normal, Rick, crazy, or is it the other way around? I'm going to let you lovely people decide that if you're there out there listening to us, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, you're, we hope, not you hope it's nice, we hope it's nice. <sighs> welcome, welcome, welcome to Open Line Show here, coming at you live from TNT Towers in uh, Australia on the Gold Coast. Uh, we're going to be talking about all sorts of things here this morning. And of course, we welcome your input. That is very, very important. It helps the show to travel along smoothly along the turbulent waters of life here on the Good Ship TNT. So if you have anything you want to say, you can do so on our live chat, which is tntradio.live, or, of course, at around about 20 past the hour, the phone lines will be open. And you can give us a call if you're feeling brave or you're exceptionally drunk, lift the phone and give us a call and please feel free to speak your mind. You know, a lot of people complained for years, oh, there's no freedom of speech. We've nowhere to express ourselves. We keep getting shut down everywhere. Well, damn it, we've given you a whole show here that you can do that. And I don't know what's happening. People have just crawled under their little rocks, but that's fine. If you like sitting under the rock and listening, you're more than welcome. We're just saying the option is there, people. So use it use it because who knows we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow we don't know what's going to happen in six months or a year we want to believe that we're going to take over the world here at tnt radio and i don't see any reason why we can't but if by some reason that plan fails then people will scratch their heads and say there's nowhere to talk there's nowhere to express ourselves well damn it you had a place you had a place and that place is now gone so use it And don't always assume that it will be there. I'm just saying if you feel led to do so. If you don't, it's all good. Sit back and listen and please enjoy the content. So Gemma uh, will be joining us in a minute. Natalie and I will be uh, talking through many stories. But this one here takes the biscuit. Uh, Belgians, Belgians reject an African female Santa Claus, okay? So a city in Belgium has canceled a scheduled Christmas event in which a black female Santa Claus was set to re-educate the attendees about colonial ideology and how generations of Flemish people are racists. Imagine that, imagine taking your little kid to see Santa in his grotto. And when you get there, it's not some fat old Norwegian man. It's some African woman. And when little Johnny and little Jeanette sits up on Santa's knee and says, instead of Santa saying, what would you like for Christmas, kids? Say, are you aware of colonialism? And do you realize what you and your people have done to me and my ancestors up in the North Pole, how you've been oppressing penguins? Yes, that's what they were proposing in Belgium. Unbelievable. The Telegraph reports the people in Ghent, G-H-E-N-T, have pressured the mayor to call off the appearance of one Queen Nicola. Queen Nicola, a character created by artist Laura Nezengumva, who would have reworked Christmas fables about Santa for children at the event. Listen, please, just leave it alone. Just leave Christmas alone, whether you love it or whether you hate it, just leave it be. Don't try and turn it into a re-education session about colonialism and about how, you know, Belgium and Denmark and Norway and Sweden and Britain and everybody else colonized the world at one point or didn't. Okay, just let Christmas be Christmas and let the kids be the kids. So I think they stepped, overstepped the mark a little bit with this one. And the Belgians aren't having it. Leave us your thoughts and opinions. If you go down to your local supermarket, could this be coming to your high street or shopping mall soon? S- uh, a re-imaged Santa called Queen Nicola. Imagine, where are you going Where are you going today, mommy? Where are you taking us? Oh, we're taking you to Santa's Grotto to meet Queen Nicola. Yes, who's Queen Nicola? It's the new santa claus madness isn't it but it's happening and it's happening in belgium as we speak. Uh, Irish uh, feedback on homeless people, uh, migrants sleeping homeless in the streets, Irish independent reports, uh, letters in their letter section expecting migrants to sleep outside in this weather is embarrassing for Ireland. And uh, the feedback against this was massive, a big backlash against the people writing these letters in here saying, uh, what about the Irish people that are sleeping on the streets and have been sleeping on the streets for decades? There's no backlash about that. There's no embarrassment about that. Ireland seems happy to embrace that. And and not only that, for people to come in and step over those homeless people on the streets and straight into hotels and guest houses and b type accommodation. Uh, so one, one, one writer writes, what's embarrassing is having a media and a political class who are completely captured by unelected and unaccountable non-governmental organizations. What is embarrassing is having journalists and politicians who do not represent the overwhelming majority of the view of the Irish people on immigration and who gaslight us nonstop. That's what's embarrassing. Irish people on the streets is what's embarrassing but no we have to wait until this point in time before the virtue signaling begins in earnest so anyway that's what I'm seeing this morning uh across the uh the global news as long as everything else that we're dealing with here as well so please stay tuned Gem and Natalie are incoming and don't go away for more magic here on TNT radio
0: the latest headlines waiting for you I follow the news pretty much throughout the day today's news talk radio TNT
1: so Santa or Queen Nicola, which one is more festive you guys? Is it time Santa stepped off the stage left? And is it time for Queen Nicola uh, to take over uh, the reins at, uh, at the sleigh? It's Rudolph and Co. What do you reckon, ladies?
2: But when you first said it, I was thinking that could be a new trend. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet Uh, in the PC world of 2023. uh, Drag Santas. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. You know, uh, 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 men dressing up as kind of women's Santa with uh, makeup all over their faces. I shouldn't be giving anybody any ideas, really. Uh, Mm. It might be happening soon. You never know.
1: Is it a step too far, Gemma? I mean, like, I get, uh, you know, cultural appropriation and all that business, but should Santa just remain? I mean, like, it's like a skinny guy. You shouldn't have a little young, skinny guy being Santa, I remember. Um. Kid, my child's school, primary school, had a Santa one year and he was about 17 years of age and he weighed about six stone uh, and he had a huge oversized Santa suit on and a big white beard that was hanging down off his little chin. It wasn't very convincing His Santa. Let's keep him as a fat old man. What do you reckon? Keep him fat, keep him old and keep him white. Is that is that wrong to say that in these days?
3: Well, I have become a bit suspicious of Santa. Um, when, when I think about a, a, a grown man letting himself into my house, without being invited and then you know leaving me presents it's, it's got a bit of a stalker-esque kind of vibe all over it eating do you remember cookies? when um yeah eating my food yeah all of that drinking my drink um do you remember that uh uh uh, is it the box of chocolates and the the guy? In, the this, this is map. our generation, yeah. And he would yeah. sneak into the woman's house and leave her a box of chocolates. I mean, that is effectively stalking. And I feel <laughs> a little bit the same about Santa. Actually, when you look at it, you know, uh, dispassionately, it's like some a man's let himself into your house in the dead of night. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's my take on Santa now. Um, but uh, you know, in terms of like the kids, <laughs> let him be. Let Santa be Santa. Ho ho ho, and all of that stuff. Honestly, a step too far step too far
1: you know let's be honest though most women if a guy broke into their house at night simply left them a big nice fancy box of chocolates and then left again without doing anything i think most women would be happy uh, to receive that most guys would too let's be honest about it of course i'm being a little bit tongue-in-cheek but yes it was completely stalker-esque the milk tray man used to dive off cliffs and swim underwater with his little black briefcase and even climb onto women's yachts claim under their yachts in the dead of night and leave them chocolates and a little calling card. I don't think he left his name and telephone number on it, but it was the milk tray man. Yeah. He was a dodgy guy. I'm just wondering was he ever caught and was he ever prosecuted or maybe I don't know what he's doing now. Maybe he's retired. Who knows? Uh, but you know, we reminisce sometimes about uh, the good old days when advertising was advertising, and when men were men and stalkers were stalkers. So anyway,
2: <laughs> can, I, can I can I just yes. say as well that um, when you think about it, as well, like a, a big uh, old man with uh, children wanting to sit on his knee and give them presents. Actually, when you think about it, in this day and age, isn't it a great idea? Really. Anyway, yes, no, you wouldn't normally no. you wouldn't normally say, "Do you want to go and sit on that old man's knee?" And they, you know. He, he'll rub, he'll rub, rub, your legs and give you a present. Oh, it's a bit dodgy, so really. Like, is... Sounds
1: like Joe Biden, really, doesn't it? He would yeah, be the present. It Sunday does. Class. He does that at every White House press conference, even without the beard and without giving the (laughs) presence. He just likes to rub people's legs. But anyway, uh, we digress slightly, Uh, Gemma. I I almost said we're becoming a little bit unprofessional here, but it's nothing like uh, the BBC staff that they have. I saw this this morning myself. Uh, Some lady was captured. I thought it was a joke or an AI generation, but giving giving the middle finger, flipping the middle finger to the camera, uh, a professional news broadcaster from the BBC, before she went live on her was that real or did that uh, was that uh, is that for real
3: I mean, you know, I was I was humbling about bringing this story to the table because you know we're today's news talk and there's global events breaking all over the place. Then we need to reflect that. But this is a story that has gone absolutely viral because it was aired on a BBC World Channel uh, yesterday. But today it's just gone everywhere. And yeah, we've got the BBC newsreader Miriam Mosh- 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 Moshiri, Miriam Mashiri. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was on air. She obviously didn't realise she was on air. And just before she read a, a headline out about Boris Johnson and the corona, um, the virus. Pandemic, pandemic inquiry here in the UK she flipped the middle finger to the camera and it went everywhere no matter where you were in the world it was 12 o'clock UK time but people all around the globe saw it happen she quickly realized what she'd done and it rather reminded me of the expression that my dog has when you catch the dog doing something that it shouldn't be doing the dogs like that oh and then she quickly kind of composed herself and sort of got on with the headlines, but she was clearly rattled because she um, called the inquiry, the coronavirus inquiry. She was obviously like rattled thinking, Oh no, I'm in real serious trouble here. Hmm. I mean, it's gone everywhere. Um, and there's loads of speculation. You know, who was she flipping the middle finger at? Was it the, was it the audience? Uh, was it the fact she was going to be talking about Boris Johnson or was it one of her colleagues that she was, you know, messing about with, but you know, the comments that are, that are accompanying all, all various varieties of, this story today are just they're funny as well some people find it hilarious I must admit I had a chuckle um when I saw it you can't not um but then there are loads of other people saying right that's it now she should be fired and you know this is an example of the BBC and I do think it's interesting you know that BBC is under scrutiny like never before the license fee has been in the papers you know for the last few days um and you know you had the scandal with Hugh Edwards uh, you know only a few months ago um, and and the presenters that's quite a cavalier attitude to take and when I was working for the BBC we were always told absolutely once you're in the studio once you're behind the desk even when you're off air you don't swear um, you don't gossip because you never know when the microphone's on and you never know when you might have to go to air so yeah she's kind of forgotten her training a little bit but I mean you saw it Rick it has gone everywhere Um, it's one to kind of mention and i thought we'd just bring a bit of a laugh to the table given what's going on in the world you know war and god knows what else and politicians being corrupt you know shocker i thought well let's just try and have a little bit of fun with this one i mean who do you think she was putting the middle finger up to
1: well you know who knows Uh, natalie i have to say this um i thank god that uh, our little bloopers are not caught live on air because we do things and say things and gesticulate uh, during our little breaks in fun amongst each other. But I'm taking note of what Gemma Cooper has said. Mental note to self, do not swear, do not gossip, do not say anything unprofessional when you're in the seat because it might just be going to Earth. And it's hard to believe, guys, we are actually doing the exact same thing. We are live to camera, live to air at the minute for the world to see. So yes, it's so easy to get caught out with a little hot mic moment and a little uh, gesture, maybe done a just, and you never know, the guy in the, uh, the uh, video booth there might just slip, hiccup maybe, hit the live button when we're on a break, and then all of a sudden, oh, I can't believe I was caught in camera doing that. But yes, uh, uh, maybe that's also a, a cursory note to ourselves as well. You know, <laughs> don't be so fast I- and loose during these breaks in between the live sections. <laughs> what do you think now? I-
2: I personally found the story really funny and I, and I, and I think it's ridiculous to call for the, for the lady to be sacked. I mean, it is a small mistake in the scheme of things, isn't it? You know, I understand what you're saying, Gemma, about the training, but you know, we all, you know, if somebody she was having a laugh in the studio and you know, she, she quickly put her finger up. I mean, it's hardly terrible behavior, but of course people are looking at uh, at reasons to hate the BBC, to criticize them. So, um, you know, I, In that in that respect, I think it's great because the BBC should be questioned not because of this lady that's put her finger up on air, but because of their conduct uh, throughout the last three years and the propaganda uh, that they're pushing. Uh, But uh, yeah, it was a good story. It was a it was a funny story, and I think it probably is a little bit harsh if she loses her job uh, just probably for having a laugh in the studio like me and Rick do. And there will be one day, I'm sure, that you'll hear what me and him say in the uh, break, and maybe we will get the sack uh because it's normally lots of swearing and uh, inappropriate behavior i I'm thinking
1: as well okay i'm not i'm not suggesting we do this in case you get carried away with my suggestion but wouldn't it be funny if we all came out in solidarity and right now live on air all three of us both flipped the can camera we? off uh the same no no don't do it and then that'll just be the saying, can, spiral. Can, can we then can we all put our morning, finger up
2: now Tomorrow morning on the BBC,
1: BBC, she'll be reporting back that, hey, three TNT news presenters flipped their audience off live on her. You never know. Maybe that's why she did it. Maybe she was just trying to gather a little attention to her show. But yeah, I have this urge. I'm having to almost sit on my hands here because you know know. what it's like when you're told not to do something and it's appalling (sighs) and the public don't like it. Oh, it makes me want to do it. But we are consummate professionals here so you will not see any of that behavior happening at least intentionally uh on the one and only tnt radio so jim oh, thank you very much for that one and you've put ideas into my head and also it's a salutatory warning for me as well so but many thanks to you for that we'll speak again in the next hour that's the lovely Jim cooper Gemma. uh natalie and i will be back after this short break so please stay tuned for more here on tnt radio live
0: TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. 13 Israeli hostages
4: released uh, as part of that ceasefire deal uh, 49 days after they were taken hostage. 49 days. So that still leaves about 225 to 227 more hostages. Uh, I'm with John Bolton, the former National Security Advisor to Donald Trump. I'm with Britt Hume of uh, of Fox News. I'm with a bunch of other people who say this gives Hamas too much time to do whatever they want to do, to do whatever they need to do, to regroup, to rearm, to re-strategize. And as much as you want the hostages back, it can't be at the expense of the other part of the mission which is to destroy Hamas.
0: I think it's a mistake. Steve Malsberg on TNT Radio.
3: Take us back in time, and who was Mike Flynn?
4: He was the national security advisor to the
5: president. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming president of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump,
0: to which I say, Cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian
4: collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed
5: to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son. And yes, he's going to protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law.
4: This moment people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country whether you're talking about
5: socialism or you're talking about communism socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism but the goal is the same for the state to have control of every aspect of your life you have multiple hearings on different agencies
0: that have actually just gone rogue they took fewer men
5: in the takedown of el chapo than they did to arrest me and comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give him the ground rules okay here's how we're gonna here's what we're gonna do and give now i need some ideas about how to execute this
3: these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C.
5: When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done.
0: The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk. News and
3: information.
1: TNT Radio. Okay, uh, we're coming at you live. It's Thursday, the 7th of December, 2023. This is uh, Open Line TNT Radio. Uh, thank you very much for all the comments. Live chat is extremely busy this morning, as always. Uh, River is in there. Phil is in there. Natalie Chile is in there as well as being in the studio. That's professionalism for you. Uh, Chris is in there. Jack Guzzler, Cliffy is in there. Phil Jock is even in there, Jock. Uh, glad you're uh, back with us again. You say you've only seven more hours of uh, picking potatoes uh, from a potato farm in Scotland. Keep it up. Uh, w- without potatoes, we Irish people, where would we be? Uh, Jack Guzzler said you keep us normal, Rick. Show that we're not the only people who have different ideas. Yeah, it is nice to be among friends here, in inverted commas. Uh, Mally says hello. Lot, a lot of people in there. Uh, Mazzy, of course. Token Human Mac is in there, Autotone Records is in there, Leo X, I'm just trying to give everybody a little shout out, don't like missing anybody out, Uh, and if I have missed anybody out, just a bloke uh, who asks questions as well, Um, yeah, he's in there too, (laughs) and there's a lot of people putting uh, middle finger gifts up in the live chat, yes, a lot of people having a little laugh about that one, so all of you, uh, welcome back, and of course, nice to see some new faces in there, we hope you're enjoying the content, and that you'll stay tuned uh, for the remainder of the show natalie we'll have a story here from far from uh malaysia i think it is keeping it a little bit global here uh forest city inside malaysia's chinese-built ghost town our ghost city uh what's this one about
2: Yeah, this was an interesting one. Uh, Yeah, China's largest property uh, developer, uh, Country Garden, unveiled Forest City. Now, it was supposed to be a 100 billion mega mega, uh, project in 2016. And uh, it was going to have like a golf course, water park, uh, offices, bars, restaurants. And what's ended up happening to it, it's uh, turned into a ghost town. Only 15% of the entire uh, place has actually uh, got people in it now. Um, it looks like nothing is ever going to really be built around it. The people that are already living in there are absolutely hating it. Nothing, uh, none of the facilities were built. And uh, I didn't realise uh, going on in the article, it says uh, this kind of frustration is being felt across China uh, where the property market is in disarray. After years of rampant borrowing by developers, the government feared a bubble was forming and they imposed strict limits in 2021 saying houses are for living not uh speculation and uh, uh- basically, uh, like we were talking about, you know, in this country, when everything went by to let, and you have businesses building, you know, taking all these houses, China have basically uh, done that now and said, you know, we don't want these big property developers coming in and owning all these places. So they've stopped it. And uh, there are places basically that got started being built like this ghost town in Malaysia that will probably never be finished now. And uh, I m- imagine it's like something out of a set of a movie, you know, like a dystopian zone zombie movie uh going around you know they said parks like children's parks that were never finished uh you know whole uh units whole uh flats that are empty without doors on them and things like that so yeah it's uh just shows you uh that there are problems uh with the economy and, and uh, the building uh kind of market across the globe
1: Yeah, but also uh, the design of this, uh, just looking at that article, there are all these humongous multi-story apartment blocks or blocks of flats, whatever way you want to call them. Uh, Those are also not good for people's mental health. You know, it happened in Britain a lot, you know, during the fifties and sixties, these huge high store, high story, uh, you know, uh, flats were put up or apartment blocks were put up, happened in Belfast as well. And streets were leveled, you know, streets of terraced housing where kids could go out and play in the streets and they had a little back gardens as well. They were all leveled and people were promised a better life, uh, especially in West Belfast. And then they were all herded into these uh, huge concrete jungle multi-story blocks of flats with maybe one shop or one post office servicing them all. There were promised green areas and children's play areas. And when they were vandalized and became broken glass, you know, no one ever went in to clean them up and they just really destroyed people's souls living in that type of place. And I think that's the same thing as what we're reading here. Uh, from Malaysia, and um, people are actually walking away from these apartments, losing a deposit. Yeah. They're like, I don't care if I lose my money in this; I'd rather take a hit on this financially and retain my sanity than living in these uh, ghost town type blocks. We do need a little bit of interaction with other people. We do need goods and services near us. I'm not saying 15 minute city close, but I'm saying you know you don't need to be living in isolation in a tar block in the middle of nowhere with everything around you being empty. It would start messing up your head after a while, I think.
2: Yeah, absolutely and it says as well ultimately the fate of Forest City this ghost town and hundreds of other projects across China depends on the Chinese government so it depends if they're going to come in change the kind of rules and help them out otherwise they're going to stay that way um and so it must be quite it must be quite strange just walking around these these places or maybe they'll stay that way uh, I don't know People will go in and squat, or even if it will be uh, yeah. two awful conditions, I I, Keith, I don't know. Maybe they'll be Keith like Best. Keith Best yesterday. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Keith Best.
1: <laughs> i was just thinking and about maybe, Keith Best. Yeah, maybe
2: he's he, maybe he's listening, and maybe he's going to look at this forest city, and he is going to go and think squatters' rights. I am taking these flats for my own
1: it's metal but uh the same thing happened it doesn't just happen with uh, residential properties as well uh the the city that i used to live in or the town large town that i used to live in they had this uh, experimental town square they were trying to recreate a new town square and it was uh, supposed to be over the shop living apartments and they had 22 industrial units you know where they had shops and restaurants in it I think of the 22 units that were opened there initially 20 odd years ago, I think only four are currently open, you know, 18 out of the 22 are boarded up and the apartments aren't selling at all. They can't get anybody to live above this ghost square uh, in Lisburn, Northern Ireland. So I mean, that's on a very, very small scale. So you can imagine extrapolating that out to the size of this place in Malaysia. And you think of the money that was spent and the time that was spent and the amount of people that maybe did take a hit losing a deposit or now stuck in misery living in this place with no possible way out of it. It's pretty uh, sobering. It makes you almost uh, reevaluate where we live. Maybe if we have our grumbles about our housing and our locations, it could be worse. We could be living in ghost town, Malaysia, with Keith Best uh, squatting (laughs) next door, probably eyeing (laughs) up our apartment as well. So yeah, Uh, let us know what you think about that. Squatter's rights, would you move to Malaysia even if there was a free apartment uh, waiting for you there in ghost town? Probably not, Uh, but either way, uh, keep the feedback coming in and we'll be right back after this short uh, new news break here on TNT Radio. Now's a good time to break the big news. TNT Radio News.
0: Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. There were extraordinary scenes in the Middle East on Wednesday as Russian President Vladimir Putin made the rare trip to the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia, flanked by Russian fighter jets. There's panic in the White House after Congress blocked President Biden's request for another multi-billion dollar aid package for Ukraine. And Venezuela has mobilised its army as it prepares to claim oil-rich territory controlled by neighbouring Guyana. We're the pin-up boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24-7, 365, we never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth, from government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's News Talk, this is TNT Radio.
1: Okay, we are live. Yes, Uh, having to take our own advice from earlier on, you know, be professional, don't let it run into the live section. We're live here and uh, we've plenty more to discuss. Uh, Robert Jenrick. Robert Jendrick, who has forever burned in my mind as the so-called housing minister during the scandemic crisis, he was on—he was just a little yes man for the government. There's two stories here about him. Uh, one of them is, uh, I suppose you would say, outdated because he has since tendered his resignation. Uh, but the first one is uh, Robert Jendrick, before he resigned yesterday, and he made this statement yesterday, he said he insists that UK workers will fill labour gaps after migration crackdown. Gaps in the labour market uh, caused by new immigration plans will be filled by British workers, the Immigration Minister has said. He said the government's five-point plan will cut net migration to the UK by at least 300,000 from its current record-breaking high. Businesses can no longer rely on foreign labour to fill gaps, he said, but the Confederation of British Industry said the plans failed to deal with the UK's labour shortages. So that he says that on one hand, and then if it can flip across, Uh, to the other story uh, he then uh, literally hours later uh, breaking news uh, Robert Chendrick has resigned from the British government and he quotes I cannot continue my position when I have such strong disagreements with the direction of the government's policy on integration so there's two stories wrapped into one over the course of the last 24 hours Natalie he comes out talking tough on the immigration and we're going to employ more British people and then the next minute he hands this letter of resignation and he says I can't take this anymore I can't take this anymore Uh, I don't agree with any of this I'm off what do you make of this?
2: Well well basically when I read his resignation letter it, it, it uses all the buzzwords it's all about the small boats Rwanda. He's basically saying we're not doing enough. Uh, so therefore, I've got a hand in my resignation because I want more done to solve this problem. He's kind of doing a suela, isn't he? You know, um, it looks set up to me. I I, I think uh, this, uh, both of their resignations were decided uh, not by them, probably uh, by people above them. And it's designed to make it look like there's no answer to this immigration crisis. And what will the answer be in the end, Rick? There's no answer to the small boat. It's not going to be Rwanda. It's not going to be the barges. It's going to be digital ID when Tony Blair comes in. And uh, announces it uh, at some point, or maybe it'll be David Cameron. But but yeah, I I, I it all looks a bit set up to me. Sending this tweet then this resignation, and uh, it's all like, oh, Rishi, you've been my friend, and blah the the, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it doesn't look very sincere, does it?
1: No, it doesn't. It looks like a kid. You know, when you were a kid, yeah, you used to have to write letters to maybe a pen pal, at least maybe you yeah. weren't old enough for this, but we used to have French pen pals and the class had to write a little letter. And usually, of course, we didn't speak French back then. So the teacher would help you. You just signed the top of a dear, not like, and at the bottom from Rick, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. that's what this letter looks like. Cause it's a dear that's... prime minister scrawled across the top and then at the bottom best Robert. So, so I don't know. It does look really cheesy and happy. He's a little twerp. He's a little yes man as Robert Kendrick. So I don't know what position they'll move into, if any, within the cabinet. But again, this position as well is being shown upon as being untenable. They can't get someone to keep the position. It's a horrible job to have. It's it's breaking with human rights. It's upsetting people and so on and so forth. Let's also remember, just as we're speaking about this, talking about labour shortages in uh, November of 2021, there was around about 60,000 care home staff sect within the UK because they refused to take COVID shots, uh, 60,000 in yep. November of 2021. Think about that just for one minute. And they were going to do it with the NHS in February of 2022, if they hadn't had their jobs, but they realized they would have lost about 110,000 people from the NHS. And that was absolutely impossible to absorb that kind of a hit. So remember, the government has engineered British worker labour shortages themselves over the last three years. It's not just simply uh, as a result of too many immigrants coming in now.
2: No, and a lot of businesses closed down, Rick, over lockdown as well. There's been employment because jobs are are not about anymore uh, because of the economy uh, collapsing. Uh, So yeah, I'm I think this is all part of the playbook. Uh, they are trying to make uh, immigration look an impossible uh, problem to solve. Um, and uh, I mean, the, this Rwanda plan that they're trying to get emergency uh, legislation through now. I mean, it's ridic- The plan was ridiculous anyway. You're not going to get enough people over to Rwanda, even if it did exist. Um, and, and to keep highlighting it, close the borders. Yeah, that, That's the answer. You know, be, be, monitor them better. Don't, don't keep you know promising to people send people to rwanda and magically have all the uh, answers uh, and our country suddenly back on its feet it's just not going to happen so uh, you know his resignation letter being all upset about rwanda what a load of rubbish i'd say
1: yeah and it's also listen rwanda is a long way off it's just down south it's uh, sitting roughly on the equator actually right in the middle of africa uh, you know why why let people into the country in the first place to then ferry them down to Rwanda? Why not just send them back to France, which is where most of them have come from, and just simply let that be the end of it instead of allowing border force in the Royal Navy and the RNLI to actually ferry the people to the UK and then potentially put them on a plane, allegedly breaking all their human rights and shipping them off down to Rwanda. You would have thought people fleeing from persecution and death would be glad to settle down somewhere that wasn't resulting in their death. And of course, they're being assured that they'll be safe and secure if and when. They make it down to Rwanda. Uh, I'm having a few uh, look at the uh, live chat at the minute, some really good comments in the live chat uh, referring to the ghost village or the ghost city story. Uh, uh, Just a bloke said, I remember those awful tar blocks being referred to as vertical villages back in the early 70s. Uh, If ever the word village was misappropriated, that was it. And also for a little bit of balance in there, River said, I lived in a high rise 30 odd years ago. Uh, I loved it. It was close to town. It was very nice but mostly older couples back then and the view over the town and the sunsets were great so yeah can have its positives i was more referring to ghetto type uh high-rise uh, blocks where there's a an awful lot of antisocial behavior going on yeah. and if you can imagine being in a high-rise above you below you either side of you, uh, noisy neighbors, anti behavior in the walkways, the lift's not working and just being terrified to go out at night. And that's, you know, a problem in Ireland. It's a problem in uh, UK, England, Scotland, Wales, all across the world. If you can get it, if you get into the wrong one, I would say it's like uh, hell on earth. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad other people obviously have positive experiences with this. There's no doubt about it. But if you get into the wrong one, a bit like the ghost village, like, and maybe if everyone yeah. was there, the shops and facilities were all there, it might work. But it's not working. And I think that's the problem.
2: I think uh, Leo X's comment is the best one. He said, should we build a wall now? Ha ha ha. So, yeah, I reckon that's the answer. Let's build a wall around the whole of Great Britain. And then the small boats, they can't get over the wall. There you go. The Trumpesque type answer
1: to, to all of our problems. Well, the Romans did it in uh, England with Hadrian's Wall. You know, they pretty much built the wall to stop the Scots getting down into England. And it's still there. Uh, That was built, what, thousands of years ago. So, yeah, we have Hadrian's Wall in the UK. Maybe that's where Trump got his inspiration from. We know he has Scottish family. I think his uh, granny is from some remote Scottish island. So maybe she had difficulty getting into England uh, over the Roman Wall. And maybe that is filtered down into his genetics about barring people from coming into the country with these huge walls. So yeah, it's been done. It's called Hadrian's Wall. I don't think it was very popular back then either. But it can be done if the Romans can do it. Yeah, on the you
2: know, do it all over the south coast, the whole of the south coast. Build a huge wall. Small (laughs) boats can't get in then.
1: Don't let Darren Denslow hear this, or else he will be campaigning for walls all around uh, Plymouth, there's no doubt about that. Uh, So we'll move along. Uh, Yeah, in fact, you know what we'll do, actually, if we can, we'll take a little uh, break now. We're due one now, and uh, we can keep the flow going uh, when we come back in just two minutes here. Don't go away, stay tuned for more here on TNT Radio.
0: With his expert analysis and opinion,
1: this is TNT Radio's Timothy
4: Shea. These are parlous times for liberty in the United States and for the Constitution and the rule of law. House Republicans have joined with their Democrat colleagues to oust Republican Representative George Santos, only the sixth member to ever be removed from the lower legislative chamber. Three were removed in 1861 after they joined the Confederacy, and the other two following their convictions of the crimes of which they were accused. Santos has been accused of fraud crimes but not convicted. This is a premature, preemptive strike by Republicans on one of their own, and it sets a dangerous precedent. Now I hold no grief for George Santos, he seems quite frankly like a wingnut, but it's up to the constituents of his district to remove him from office absent a criminal conviction. This is just one more episode in the long history of Republicans bowing to Democrat will. It seems as though when Democrats win elections, they get their own way, and when Republicans win elections, Democrats still get their own way. This is why we're so upset with the Republican Party. Grow a pair, stand up, and say no to the other side. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio.
5: I'm CAL FIRE Battalion Chief Isaac Sanchez, and normally we like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourselves and your family safe during wildfires. But given the historic impacts that the weather has had on our state this year, we would like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourself safe during extreme weather. If you reside in an area susceptible to flooding, please take the necessary steps to prepare to evacuate if advised. Make sure you've identified at least two exit routes out of your neighborhood, as one of them may be blocked or flooded. As the weather develops, remember to check in on vulnerable neighbors and family members. They may need additional time to prepare for evacuation. And just like during a wildfire, if you feel unsafe, please evacuate. You don't have to wait for the order to come. Keep an emergency go bag ready in case you need to evacuate. And always remember to plan for the safety of your pets as well. If you must leave, never drive around roadblocks. It can take as little as 12 inches of water to sweep your vehicle away. And always remember the mantra, turn around, don't drown. Be aware of first responders working in highly impacted areas, especially on the roads. For additional safety tips and updates on CAL FIRE activities, follow us on social media or visit fire.ca.gov.
0: You're with Natalie Cheel and Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio
1: TNT. Okay, this next story could go down as an all-time classic here on The Open Line Show. Uh, This is real, this is legitimate. Uh, new, (laughs) New UK animal welfare minister has backed seal culls, wild bird culls. Robbie Douglas Miller, who was made a baron last week, has complained about the impact on salmon stocks Uh, this is crazy Natalie Downing Street is facing calls to explain why it has appointed a wealthy unelected shooting enthusiast as its animal welfare <laughs> minister. After it emerged, he has backed the culling of seals and wild birds. Uh, Robbie Douglas Miller, who doesn't sound dodgy in the slightest, uh, who was last week given a peerage to allow him to become the minister in the Department for Environment, Food and Rural Affairs, owns a grouse moor in Scotland and has argued for the relaxation of rules in shooting wild birds that prey on salmon. He's also on the board of a fishery, which applied to obtain a license to kill seals back in twenty. 2021 and last year he gained the license to kill wild cormorants and saw build ducks. This guy's collecting licenses to kill animals and he's just been appointed uh, as the animal welfare minister. Is this a troll job or I, is this just another bizarre world story that's actually happening?
2: I mean I was going to say they're laughing at us but I just don't even think they care anymore what we think. I think People aren't even reading the news anymore. You know, they, they, these type of things are don't even get seen. They don't care. It also says Douglas Miller owns 4,000 acres in Scotland and is relatively unknown in the environmental sector. So so no experience in this at all. Um, his family once run the famous Jenner's department store known as Harrods of the North, which was frequented by the Queen and has royal warrant. Uh, the minister is also connected with King Charles and I guess mm-hmm. that uh is probably all you need to know about the man if he if he's associating a friend of King Charles um and he's supposed to be uh, the UK anime, animal welfare minister who wants his first uh thing he's come in to do as uh, his appointment is ask for animals to be killed and shot um I would say maybe you've not made the right appointment there just maybe no
1: uh, there's a picture down this article here with a tad. You, obviously, you people can't see it, but there's a picture halfway down the article of a beautiful little. Uh, baby grey seal and it says here that the baby uh, baby grey seal Scotland is home to more than a third of the world's population of grey seals so you would imagine it would have been a good photo opportunity to get the new animal welfare minister (laughs) maybe posing (laughs) with a little baby seal but no if he was posing a little bit like the BBC reporter (laughs) flipping off the camera he'd have a big spade in his hand probably bashing its brains in and splattering its little uh, skull all over the camera. but this is this is legit this guy's actually an animal welfare minister and of course listen yeah cameron-esque but he's been made a peer simply so he can do the job because he's not even elected. Not like it's adding insult to I, injury.
2: I'm, I'm, I find in this story really funny. You know, you get those uh, pictures you see um in Africa of people killing lions with the guns holding. Oh. I just oh. I just got this feeling of him suddenly having this appointment and standing by a seal with a gun over its head and going, or, we're trying to save the wildlife. Um, or can you imagine the study? Can you imagine
1: the study in his house? It's probably, you know the way those African game hunters that have elephants' heads and, and lions' heads. He's probably got little <laughs> cormorant heads and little sawbill duck heads and little stuffed uh, seals all over his study saying, look what I've done as my, uh, on my 4,000-acre grouse-shooting pad. Yeah, unbelievable. And again, a, kid, a friend of the king Friend of the king who's no, you know, you often see old Charlie uh, mincing around in the undergrowth in the Scottish Highlands with his tweeds on and his, uh, you know, his double barrel shotgun shooting a few grouse or maybe a few peasants that have been uh, transferring, Uh, trespassing. is uh, about moral properties but yeah uh the hypocrisy and the irony of this is uh off the scale so there you go uh that's that's one for you new uk animal welfare back seal and wild bird culls uh moving along from that one uh we've got something else here kim uh, jung Yun, or the old uh, north korean chap cries uh, as he calls on North Korean uh, people to have more children uh, shedding tears now over uh, the lack of children in North Korea. Yeah. Is this is another. yeah.
2: So, so apparently sure. he put out a video out uh, to the whole nation. Um, it, it, it says in the uh, Daily Mail article, I didn't see the video, it said it very much looks scripted. And uh, do you remember when Matt Hancock gave those fake oh, yeah. tears? Do you remember with his smile underneath the tears, a bit of Jupiter's delight? I feel this was uh, much the case. Uh, it says uh, the dictator hosted a national mother's meeting uh, uh, amid a decline in the birth rate forecast suggests the country could see a fall of 2 million people by 2070 and uh, i did see a lot of the comments in the daily mail and they basically said maybe feed your people rather than eat all the food yourself mm-hmm. and maybe they mm-hmm. might have the fertility to actually uh, have a baby mm-hmm. uh but yeah he uh he's not he's not happy he wants he wants obviously his country to be almighty and powerful but you can't do that if nobody's having any children rick
1: or why doesn't he adopt the approach of Western governments and simply open his borders up and tell everybody from yeah. Africa that they're welcome? I have yet to
3: see a
1: small boat arriving at North Korea. Or, of course, there's a huge barrier between North and South Korea. You can't just waltz into North Korea if you feel like it or leave North Korea for that matter. And we certainly don't have Kim Jong-un discussing with his cabinet. I think we need to get flights to Rwanda to keep the (laughs) immigrant levels down. Uh, They don't get in in the first place. You have to ask yourself a question, why is he pushing for natural replacement of population through actually procreating with, you know, the men and women of North Korea, rather than opening his borders and flooding his country uh, with illegals and with legal immigrants? He is not going down that route at all, and he's not being pulled up on this. We don't hear any ministers uh, calling out North Korea over their inhumane stance yep. on immigration because they wouldn't have a leg to stand on because they're all backpedaling on it themselves it's mad uh natalie it's completely yeah, mad but,
2: yeah uh, who would thought it maybe north korea got it right all along rick there you go maybe but we do have. have a caller we do have a caller oh. on the line we've got uh dan from new south wales so hi oh. dan are you there hey Dan. Hi, natalie how
6: you going uh, um, yeah good thank boat, you how's you yeah i'm well yeah oh, well, thanks. um on the boat Look, if the government wanted to stop them, they'd stop them. In Britain mm. and Ireland, yeah. What's the Royal Navy for? You know, if like, mm. if they keep coming, you sink them, and that's the end of it. Yeah. They don't keep coming; they they stop. No, no one's going to risk a journey if they know they're going to get turned around or sent to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. So you just do that for a, a week, and it's over. They do it for a day; it's over, and it's not very nice. But we're not here to be nice here to win <laughs> is win. the same yeah.
1: thing is the same thing dan not happening also in australia uh australia is bracing itself for a lot of people coming in a lot of migrants coming in last week we were talking about there's 2.3 million people in australia at the minute that are actually only there because they have visas so there's a lot of people uh advertising uh, australia has been advertising for police to come from the uk if you want to start a new life uh, move from the uk and join the australian police force doctors uh, from the nhs are trying to be lured over into the Australian Health Service. Again, did the Australians not make a rod to beat their own back with when they sacked a lot of doctors and policemen and uh, hospital workers and teachers because they refused to take vaccine mandates and now they're replacing those Australian workforce. They're not re- putting them back into the jobs again. They're actually replacing them with people coming in from overseas as well. So it's also a problem for you guys too.
6: Ah, uh, uh, Yeah, absolutely. And the the West has cancelled itself, it seems to me. Australia, like Britain, they're not trying to succeed. They're trying to fail. And that's what the government's yes. doing for whatever reason. And we could turn it around very quickly if we were just had attitude change at the top, Rick, I think. mm
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that's coming, Dan? Just in your in your opinion, uh, from what you can see at the minute, uh, does it look like the problem's getting progressively worse in Australia rather than even staying level or even decreasing? Because we're seeing it getting worse uh, week after week, month after month, year after year here in the UK. We're just seeing it getting worse and worse. Uh, is it is it starting to go that way? The trajectory the same for Australia, in your opinion? Uh, it doesn't look like it's a leveling off thing. It looks like it's it's being encouraged at the minute.
6: Oh, it's terrible, and the morale is terrible. Um, no one mm. sees a positive future. There's no no one putting forward a positive vision in terms of politicians. Um, but that can all change, Rick. You know, it, it's a matter of will. And we've been great nations before. We just need to get a hold of ourselves, something like that, you know, and and turn the ship around.
1: Yeah. It's it's hard to yeah. see that happening with the leaders, Dan, that we currently have at the minute, though. If you look at the scan your eyes across the Albanese government mm. and the premiers of the various states and territories of uh, you know Australia, you look at uh, England, the, the people that Natalie and I are discussing, people that are head of immigration, the head of you know animal welfare even, or people that own shooting ranges, 4,000-acre shooting ranges. Uh, it's hard to see that happening with the current crop that we have here at the minute. But, however, uh, we can but hope uh, that the best is yeah. yet to come on that one. So... Uh, uh, many thanks uh, for the input in on that one. Thank you, one. Dan. I think la- thanks, Dan. Uh, last time uh, you'd called in or Dan had called in, people say we'd cut him off early. We don't. When people call in, we like them to make a point. We're coming up to the end of the show. So not being rude, but... Please uh, feel free to call back anytime uh, with input on that one. Big thanks uh, to Dan from New South Wales. And I apologize for keeping you waiting. I didn't see the message in our live chat that you were on the line. So apologies uh, for keeping you waiting, Dan, if you're still listening in there. So yeah, Natalie, it seems to be the stuff that we're discussing here. There are themes that are running across the globe at the minute. This isn't just unique to the UK and Ireland, or it's not unique to Australia. These problems are everywhere. There is a globalist agenda for sure at at work. Uh, It would take a blind man not to see it.
2: Yeah, and funny enough, uh, uh, what Dan phoned in and called about, we were talking about in the break. We we said mm-hmm. if you really want to stop the boat problem, um, we were joking about just shooting the boats down, and mm-hmm. we don't we don't actually think we just want to go and kill everybody in the boats. But but like he said, why can't the Royal Navy just intercept uh, the the people on the boats, put them back on a on a big Royal Navy boat? And then take them back to France or, or take them back somewhere else. I mean, really, if you if the situation and solution could be as simple as that. But as Dan points out, it doesn't seem they want to do that. I mean, and as I keep saying, and as, as I have done since I've been last year on Locked and Loaded, and since I've been on Open Line, I do believe they want the solution to be digital ID. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, they want uh, civil unrest. They want uh, lots of uh, global immigration and uncontrolled because the answer will be the only way to keep us safe is to go and get that digital ID and I think that is half of the reason that they are pushing these stories and uh, keep pushing the word small boats, they they, they want that those two words uh, remembered in your head that it's a problem You remember, you know, it's not just us talking about it, it's the mainstream media constantly putting those words down our throat, they want you to know those small boats are coming in, they want you to know there's a problem and they want Want you to give you the solution eventually
1: even the fact natalie that they're using the term small boats um you know granted they're dinghies they're not that small some of these boats no. that are coming in are bringing 50 and 60 men at a time in here they're not that small or the border force vessels that are ferrying them across or the royal navy vessels or the british navy uh, royal navy vessels that are bringing these these men in, are anything but small boats and many of them as well have been ferried to the halfway point in the channel by the french navy as well so I think the use of the word small in the description of this problem is also very subliminal and very psychological. It's like it's only a small problem. It's a small boat problem. It's a small problem. It's anything but a small problem. And I think their use of terminology uh, is very important here, too. I think personally, if we treated our country like a, a nightclub, okay, uh, door policy, it would be a lot easier. So what happens is you go up to a nightclub, uh, there's bouncers at the door, okay, if they don't like the look of you, uh, which isn't reason enough to grant someone non-admission, but there's dress codes sometimes, it's like you're not getting in, you've got a football top on, well, I don't like it, well, then go home and get changed or you're not getting in. I don't have any ID, well, I don't think you look over 18, you can't prove who you are, so you're not getting in. Uh, You're drunk, you're aggressive, you're belligerent. they're not letting you in because you're going to be a pain in the ass when you get there, or when you are in, if you start messing up, they throw you out. Would that not be simple to adopt a door, a nightclub door policy
2: in the UK? you just give me a great idea. It's not just bouncers. That would be brilliant. What about a doctor's receptionists? They are a nightmare to get past. Yeah. You cannot got an appointment. Let's get the borders. Let's put a wall and let's put the bouncers and doctor's receptionists at the wall. And I think our problem is solved I, I think we need to get involved here. We need to get Rishi involved. And I think that is the answer to our problems. Uh, and, and it will be sorted. Forget the small boats. Those, those hotel, those uh, doctors, receptionists, they're not going to let anyone through. Uh, you can't get an appointment for love and the money in this country.
1: It sounds crazy, but if we did have doctors receptionists there uh, checking everyone who was who they say they were, and if there was any trouble, you have the big bouncers chucking people out. Listen, it works for nightclubs, and it works for doctors receptions. Uh, You know, why not replicate that at the borders? Exactly. Uh, Some people are, River thinks that's a funny suggestion there, ha-ha, Natalie. And Holly says, if your your name's not Dave, you're not coming in. Uh, There were some great uh, sketches back in the 80s and 90s, uh, comedy sketches to do with bouncers. Uh, So, yeah, a lot of people are leaving comments in the live chat um let's see look at the elephant in the room says uh reference North Korea Kim perhaps they're seeing the booming trade in human trafficking organs and blood adrenochrome and getting stocked up with babies because that's what the globalists want. well you know who knows maybe that's another reason uh for doing what they're doing uh yeah so a lot of people uh using uh, the word small uh, just a bloke who asked question said just hundred uh, percent reckon the use of the word small it suggests that this is not a big problem and i think that listen every expression that you see released by a politician every tweet or x that's put out there is constructed in a certain way by some type of behavioral nudge unit or psychological uh, unit to say okay how can we make this most effective to the masses and get them on board to make us think that we are what we're not and things are good when they're bad and vice versa so the use of this small boat problem is (laughs) it's a joke it's a huge problem it's not a small problem
2: think for a moment if you change that word to to large boat problem it, it actually changes the meaning immediately doesn't it if yeah. they keep talking about a large boat problem it makes the problem sound much bigger something that oh needs gosh. to be immediately sorted so as long as they keep using small boats it's a it's an impossible situation to deal with yeah
1: yeah, if you were to call it what it was, you know, people would be up in arms, but no, they're trying to play it down. Small boat problems, just a small problem we have here, and it's just a few boats. It's more than boats, people coming in through the Channel Tunnel, people coming in by air, people bringing their families over. It goes on and on and on. But that's why we're not employed by the UK government tell things how they are because we would soon sort them out so big thanks to you natalie of course and all the people in the live chat for their input thanks to dan from new south wales for calling in and also of course Gemma in the last hour for her input too i'll be back after this short news break with locked and loaded Gemma will be there ian davis will be there as well joining me at 20 past 10 20 past 10 yes 20 past 10 so don't wait for that i'll be right back after this news break here on tnt radio